Hebrews chapter 7, go back actually to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. It's usually on the same page there, but we're going to read quite a few verses here, but keep your Bibles open. I really want to help you tonight. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation, who have fled the refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the, to that within the veil. Notice that statement, within the veil. That's talking about the veil in the temple or the tabernacle. Okay, now look at verse number 20. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Underline that statement. After the order of Melchizedek. Chapter 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, by the way, the chapter separations were put in by man, not necessarily by God. Uh, I'm not saying that it's wrong to split the chapter there for convenience sake, but nowhere in does it, these are actually related. Does that make sense? So uh, verse number one, for this Melchizedek, which one? Verse 20, after the order of Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest, notice that statement, underline the word priest, priest of the most high God who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all first being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace without father without mother without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest, notice that statement, continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abram, Abraham gave a tenth of his spoils. And verily, uh, they that are of the sons of Levi, underline that statement, Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham, but whose descent is not counted for them, or from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises, and without all contradiction in the less is blessed of the better, And here men that die receive tithes, but there he that receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may say, Levi also who receiveth tithes paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, underline that statement. Therefore, if perfection or completion were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order 
of Melchizedek. There's that statement again. And not be called after the order of Aaron. Now, I want you to listen to me. The first few minutes are honestly very, very important. The rest of it is going to be a lot of scripture. I'm going to let scripture interpret scripture tonight. I think it will help you. I long for you to understand the Bible as God wants you to understand it. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. I want you to understand it as God said it, not as religion has perverted it. You cannot read the Bible and define it with 2024 definitions. You can't do it. You can't do it with Webster's 1868 dictionary and do it justice. Everybody doing okay? You see, uh, we must look at the Bible in God's terms as he gave it, not as sinful man has perverted it into what it's become. Tonight especially, we need to let the Bible be its own commentary and its own dictionary. People often ask me, preacher, what books do you, what commentaries do you study from? It's called the King James Bible. Well, uh, when you went to Bible college, what, what, what did you learn biblically in Bible college? Nothing. I went to Bible college to learn how to build a church, not learn how to, learn how to study the Bible. You say, really? Uh, Brother Hyle said a man of God's going to study the Bible and learn it from God. He doesn't need to learn it from some professor who doesn't know what he's talking about. Amen. We went to Bible college to learn how to build a church, not how to study the Bible. Say, well, what, what helps do you use? I use a Strong's Concordance, I use a Cruden's Concordance, and the King James Bible. That's it. I have a Greek interlinear New Testament and a Greek lexicon that I use very, very little, about once a month at most. I'll crack that thing open. That's it. Everybody doing okay? Say, but, but, but preacher, uh, uh, where, where do you, it's all in the Bible. My preacher taught me when I was in high school, we don't need to read what somebody else said about the Bible till we know what God said. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Most of the commentaries are written by people who wouldn't preach in this church. Wouldn't walk across the street to witness to anybody. Had bad doctrine. Everybody doing okay? I mean, you don't have Matthew Henry? No, Matthew Henry would call me a heretic, and I've already labeled him one. Okay, it's getting quiet in here. Religion, especially Catholicism and Judaism, has so perverted Bible terminology that much of the Hebrew and American history has been rewritten and perverted. We must let God, the author, define the Bible in his words and not as man has perverted it. Everybody understand that? You don't realize how powerful the Catholic Church has changed history in the last 1,600 years. They have totally rewritten history. You can look at a Webster's 1868 dictionary, look up a definition. I did it today, and it's as wrong as a modern 2024 version would be. Say, why? Because they took it from Catholic origin. 
Because you have to go farther back than the Catholic Church because the Bible was written before the Catholic Church. Everybody doing okay? So let's let the Bible define itself. Let's let the Bible interpret the Bible. Let me give you a for instance what I mean by not using 2024 terminology versus God's terminology. And I'm going to use a sensitive subject on purpose. Uh, many of you, uh, anybody that's my age or older, anybody younger than me, you're, I'm going to watch your face because I know how it's going to turn out. Uh, but when I was growing up, a special needs person was called a retard. They were retarded. That was not a bad term. The word retard means slow. That's all it meant. Somewhere between the 1970s in about 1990, the word retard became a bad word in the English language. Then it became autistic or special needs. And now, if you use the word retard, you're labeled as a hater. Everybody doing okay? Now, I realize I'm, 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 I'm setting myself up, but do you know that the word retard is used almost every week of the life of this church. The choir sang this just a couple weeks ago. Born to die. Choir, didn't they sing this? They were practicing it or something. Practicing it. On, on, the, on the fourth page of this, you look at the back. Back here, you get towards the end of it. And in music, you see the term retard. And multo retard. Slow and slower. It means slow and much slower. Brother Randy, you probably see it almost every day of your life as you read music. I wasn't talking about your wife either. Uh, <laughs> now, wait a minute. The word retard is not a bad word. Now, have people misused it? Sure. The word blast used to mean something that blew up. Now, we're going to go out and have a blast. Okay, what are you going to blow up? No, that means go have fun. Okay, different terminology. I remember one night Brother Hiles was preaching. Mrs. Lopez already knows what I'm going to say. And, of course, he grew up in the 30s and the 40s. And he, he got up and talked about this preacher was working on his car and ended up with a hickey on his neck. Well, 5,000 people are going, Nroom. and he, he got a little offended that everybody's kind of, tick, 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 tick. he said, what did I say? One of the guys on the platform said, Hickey. He said, well, what's wrong with that? He said, just means, a, <laughs> somebody had to pull him off the platform for a second explain. He said, well, I didn't mean that. You all have bad minds. <laughs> he was angry. <laughs> now, wait a minute. In his generation, it didn't mean what it meant in following generations. Do you see how we've perverted our own language? Can you imagine after anywhere from two to 5,000 years how much we've perverted that language? That's why we have to let the Bible define the Bible. Not religion, the Bible. So let me help you tonight. Tonight we're going to begin about the priesthood of Christ. The word priest 
is not what 99.9% of the people in the world think. Man has perverted or changed the word priest into a religious word when it was a political word. Again, I looked it up in the Webster's 1868 dictionary that I have in my office, two-volume set, hardback, sitting on my credenza underneath the window. First definition talks about a leader or elder in the church. There wasn't one thing that had the original meaning of the word priest in it. Everybody doing okay? Now, God says that Jesus, and this is something, if you, if you miss the whole lesson, get the next couple statements. That Jesus, according to verse number 20 in chapter 6, whether the forerunners for our, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of who? Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Now, a couple things about that. I want you to notice it said even in verse number 11 that and not to be called after the order of who? Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest. Aaron was from the tribe of Levi. He was of the Levitical priesthood. But I want you to notice something that Jesus did not come from the Levitical priesthood. He came after the order of Melchizedek, not Levi. Matter of fact, <laughs> I'm going to show you something in a minute that's really going to shake you up. Do you realize that that was after the order of Melchizedek? That was it. That was in Genesis chapter 13. Moses didn't come along till the book of Exodus. Let me remind you right here that God promised to bless a nation, a race of people, not a religion of people. Amen. God has never promised to bless a religion of people. He's only ever promised to bless a nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Not talking to a religion, talking to his own people. Everybody doing okay? So, and I'm going to show you tonight why God said he would not bless a religion of people. Let me jump right into this because there's a lot of verses to read tonight. First of all, Jesus was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We read that in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 20. We read that, go back to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse number 6. Uh, let's go to verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And he said also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was hurt in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We read in Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 1, that he was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 10, for yet he was in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And verse number 11, after the order of Melchizedek. Now, uh, that right there should be enough, shouldn't it? Let's continue. Go to Psalm. Psalm 110. Say Psalms? Yeah, Psalm 110. And I'm going to show you who Melchizedek was and what it says about him. Psalm 110, look at verse number 4. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent, thou art priest forever after the order of who? Melchizedek. Now everybody look at me. Notice not one time did it say after the order of Aaron or after the order of Levi. Correct? Go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. Verse number 15. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Now, watch this. This is when Abraham and Lot make their separation. And Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. And God turns to Abraham and says, now look, you go this way, and all the land that you see, and I'm going to have you tread across it, and wherever the sole of your foot treads, that's going to be yours. Look at verse 16. I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, Walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now, look at verse uh, chapter 14, verse number 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Underline that whole statement there. And he blessed him. And he said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Now, look at me for a moment. That word priest. Do you realize you are 500 years plus to Moses leading the Hebrews out of the land of Egypt? There will be another 500 plus years 
almost 600 years. From the time that it's talking about a priest named Melchizedek until until, uh, Moses anoints Aaron as the high priest of the Levitical priesthood. Over 500 years, almost 600 years. Did you know that the word priest was around long before anything that God gave Moses? Everybody doing okay? If you're mad at me now, you're going to kill somebody later. Melchizedek comes in before Abraham and before Lot and Sodom. Matter of fact, chapter 14 and chapter uh, is when God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Talks about verse 17, and king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the That dude and the kings came that were in the valley of that place, which is the Kingsdale. And it talks about the the valley of slime pits. God refers to the Sodomites as a place full of slime pits. Y'all think we have some tough talk? God knew what he was talking about. Now, (laughs) I want you to notice something here. God did not say that Jesus was a high priest after the order of Aaron. He was not a high priest after the order of the tribe of Levi. Everybody look at me. There were priests before there were tribes of children of Abraham. Melchizedek is before Abraham has Isaac. Melchizedek is before Abraham has Ishmael. Everybody doing okay? Okay, now hang in there. The priesthood was for ruling, for judging, for enforcing political and civil law on people. It was not a religious thing. And God's people paid their tithe to the priest Because that was to be their government, because God wanted to be their ruler and their maker. Everybody listen to this statement. The gospel was being preached long before Matthew. Abraham had to get saved to listen to God. He didn't tell him to go build a church. Told him, go build a nation. Well, the first thing you do in a nation is not build a church. You set up a political structure by which to run the people. Why do you think one of the first things God did in the wilderness with the Hebrews when they crossed the Red Sea was organize a civil law? (coughs) Now, point number two. Hang on. Got to take a drink. And it is just water, just so you know. There were priests in different countries, and they were not religious. Go to Genesis chapter 47. Genesis chapter 47. You see, we have allowed... The perversion of the Jewish religion and the Catholic religion pervert how we view scripture. 
Genesis chapter 47, look at verse number 22. Now, this is in reference to Jacob and Joseph in the land of Egypt. Look at verse number 22. Only the land of the priests bought he not. For the priests had a portion assigned them of the Pharaoh and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them. Wherefore they sold not their lands. Remember they were going into a seven year famine. One year they had to pay so much and the next year they had to pay so much and then they had to sell their land. And Jacob or Joseph is saying here, look, we bought everybody's land but the priests. The priests were not the religious leaders, they were the political leaders. They were the ones running the country and the and the land of Egypt. There was no need for them to buy their land because they were the ones running things with Pharaoh. Verse 23. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day in your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the, sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that you should give a fifth part unto Pharaoh, 20%, and four parts shall be your own for the seed of the field and for your food and for the, uh, them of your household and for the food of your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in thy sight of my Lord. And we will be Pharaoh's servants." And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part except the land of the who? Priests only, which become not Pharaoh's. Hmm. It's talking about priests in Egypt. Go to Exodus chapter 2. Just a few pages over. This one will excite some of you and make a few of you mad. That's all right. Exodus chapter 2, look at verse number 16. Uh, Verse 15. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of where? Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now look at me. Midian is kind of on the eastern side of Saudi Arabia over near Qatar and uh, that area over there uh, where we had the, uh, what was the war that we had over in that area? What was it called? Desert Storm. There you go. I'll get it one of these days. Got too much augmenting in my brain. It's fogmenting, amen? Uh, And Midian is on the east side of of Saudi Arabia, on, on that far eastern side. Verse 16. Now the what? Priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Reuel, their fathers, he said, uh, how is it that you are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us and watered our flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Now I want you to notice something. Keep going. And as Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. Huh. 
And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Moses' father-in-law was the priest of Midian. Do you remember later when Moses' father-in-law comes to visit him and Moses from the rising of the sun till the going down of the sun has been judging the people and he said, Moses, what you're doing is going to kill you, son. Let me help you organize this a little bit better. You need to choose leaders of thousands and leaders of uh, tens of thousands and leaders of hundreds and leaders of scores and uh, let them only bring the big important things to you. Let some of the other leaders do some of the other stuff because it's going to kill you, son. Notice it was an administrative, it was a, a legal advice, it was not religious advice. Had nothing to do with religion, had everything to do with judging brother against brother. That's law. Everybody doing okay? His father was the priest of Midian. It was a very common term. Just like we would use the word senator or congressman, whether it be state or federal. Just like we would use the word president. Did you know there's presidents in more countries than, well, we don't even have one in America right now. He's got to go ask his wife if she can change his diaper for him. Now, I want you to notice something. The word priest here, even in Exodus chapter 2, is still many years off, at least 40 plus years from the Levitical priesthood. Crickets. Or is that just my ears ringing? Uh, so it was not a religious position. It was a political position. Now, the part that I really wanted to get to all night long, and you're going to get tired, but we're going to read a good bit of Scripture. Number three, go back to Hebrews chapter 7. When you get there, look at me so I know that you're there. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 7. And I'm going to give you the third point. And then I'm going to read a bunch of scripture. We're going to shout. We're going to pray and go home. Amen. God told us that Jesus was after the order of whom? Oh, brother. You sound worse than Presbyterians on that one. Jesus was after the order of who? That's better. And not after the order of Aaron or Levi. Because God knew that man would pervert the priesthood. God even tells us that man would. We're going to see that. <coughs> you say, preacher, why don't, why don't uh, Baptists wear robes? Because we're not priests. We're preachers. Amen. <laughs> Everybody doing Okay. And it would be indecent exposure the way some of us preach. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 7. <clears throat> We're going to read a good bit of scripture here, so hang on. Look at verse number 10. For yet he was in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. In other words, Levi was generations away from Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the 12 sons. You were four generations away 
when Abraham met Melchizedek. Everybody see that? Okay, now hang on. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. Notice the word there, the law. Did it say the religious law? It said the law. So it's a legal issue. Keep going. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of a necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of where? Look at me. Jesus was born from the tribe of Judah, not Levi. He could not be a Levitical priest because he was not born from the tribe of Levi. He had to be of another order, which was Melchizedek, because Jesus came from Judah, not Levi. Keep reading. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, thou art the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness of the unprofitableness thereof. Did you see the word disannulling? That is a legal term. You can disannul a marriage, a legal obligation. You can disannul a business, a partnership. You go into a legal action to disannul and to separate. God said there had to be a disannulling of the priesthood because one was temporary, one is eternal. Look at verse 19. For the law was made nothing, for the law made nothing perfect, but by bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And in some, inasmuch as not without the oath he was made, made priest. For those priests were made without an oath. Did you know God didn't come down and tell which person had to be priest? There was no oath. But this, with an oath, by him that said unto him, Thou, Lord, swear, and will not repent, for thou art priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of what? Death. Just like popes. But this man because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able to save them under the uttermost 
that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such as an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily those high, as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once, and he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests, which have infirmity. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son, capital S, who is consecrated forevermore. Now notice something. He's making a point here. Jesus was not part of the Levitical priesthood. Levitical priesthood was passed down by people that were sinners that died. God's priesthood was only set forth by Melchizedek and Jesus Christ. There was no beginning, no end, and it is an eternal priesthood. Now, about ready to shout. Look at chapter 8, verse number 1. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest. Underline that statement who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty which is in heaven. Notice something about that. Where's he seated? At the right hand of the majesty, the king of kings, the lord of lords, which is a king, correct? Majesty? Is that religion or government? Government. Look at verse number two. A minister of the sanctuary. Uh-oh, there it is. It's not talking about a church auditorium. You're not sitting in a church sanctuary. No such thing. The sanctuary is where God dwells. Closest thing to a sanctuary we have on earth is the body of the saved person, where the Holy Spirit indwells it. Not a church building. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat to also to offer. Uh, for if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Now, I want you to notice something. They're talking about Jesus at the right hand of the majesty in the true tabernacle. This is why I believe that the throne of God is the tabernacle in heaven. And it is a place of politics, not a place of religion. Verse 5, who serve under the example, a shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. But now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon a better promise. In other words, he fulfilled all of the sacrifices once and for all. And now he is the mediator. There's no need for a multiplicity of priests. Verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, 
Then should be no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Did you see anything about the house of Levi? Huh. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord, for this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a what? God. And they shall be to me a? Huh. And they shall teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to the unrighteous and their sins and their iniquities, while I remember no more in that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old. Now that which is decayeth, or that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. He said, you bunch of idiots, quit going after this Levitical priesthood junk. Jesus fulfilled it. That's why the veil in the temple was was rent from top to bottom at the resurrection. Because he died as our lamb. He resurrected as our high priest. There was no longer a need for the tabernacle or the temple here on earth. Because he was fulfilling it in heaven. And we will rule and reign with him. And he will be seated in the true tabernacle by the Father. Now. Got to hurry here. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. We read this verse just a few weeks ago. Wherefore, holy brethren and sisters, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and who? High priest of our profession. Jesus Christ. Huh. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me read five or six verses and I'm done. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 15 through 20. Now I want you to hunker in real close here. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my, what? Laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now where the remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he that is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And I'm going to stop there. Jesus came after the order of Melchizedek. 
the priesthood was done away with, (laughs) honestly, long before, but especially at Calvary. But it was not a religious order. Why do you think Jesus had such a trouble with the scribes and the Pharisees? They were the ruling sect. They were the ones that were controlling things. And they had turned politics into religion. He said, you bunch of vipers, bunch of snakes, bunch of uh, sepulchers filled, whitewashed and filled with dead men's bones. Man, he had some pretty strong words. You think I preach hard. May we, for a second, stop here for tonight. God never intended for priests to be a religious term. It was a political term, and we've seen how God told us not to pervert it. That's why he did away with it. That's why he said these priests would die off. When Jesus came, it's an ever-living, eternal, everlasting priesthood. No need for it anymore. Everybody doing okay? The gospel has always been preached for people to be saved. God used Abraham to start start a nation or a race of people. God wanted to be their ruler. God never wanted to be a religious leader. He never promised to bless a religion, but he wanted a nation to be blessed. God always promises to bless truth. God will always bless truth. The word priest was never intended to be what we have turned it into being. Just like our forefathers never intended some of the things that we do in America based on the redefinition of their terms. We don't need new laws. We need to go back and just live the old ones the way they were written. Constitution still works. We just have to put it into practice. We have to apply it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done. I'm crash landing. I have hours and hours and hours more of material on this. I really do. But I want you to understand something. As you read the Bible, don't read it with terminology just because you heard this 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago as a child. Well, I read it from Mr. Schofield. Well, Mr. Schofield was wrong on a bunch of stuff. Well, I read it in this commentary. Well, probably I'll throw the commentary away and read the Bible. Let's read the Bible as God said. Let's understand that the priesthood was about politics, not religion.